Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I've thought of a way to make this very simple so you will understand. Would you please give me a spotlight? Do you get what I'm saying now? This is not about you. This is about me being in the spotlight where I deserve to be. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the Spotlight. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, by the great Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing on this beautiful Thursday? I assume it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, it looks like the weather's pretty good. I'm just kind of getting my day going and then rolling right into the shoot job and then got some stuff right after work. And then I'm actually joining Romeo over on the uh, – True Heel Heat, uh, like their sports channel tonight. I think Rob Wilkins is going to be there as well. So uh, join us tonight. We're going to be talking NFC North uh, football. Me and Rob are both big Vikings fans. So tonight should be fun. Um, so yeah, I got a, got a, uh, a long day today of work and podcasting. And there's also Battle Slam tonight on Fight. They're, they're debuting that if you all want to watch that later tonight. So a lot of good stuff going on today, man. How about you? I'm, you know... I'm I'm good as always. I've been up since about <laughs> six thirty. Uh, it, my my days are going to start a lot earlier. I watched Okada and Osprey the G1 final this morning. I caught up on some wrestling that we're going to talk about here today. So I've been working, Jensen. Been working for the past three yeah. hours. I'd be working all day. That's what I do. Hold it down. If I, I'm the owner of Fightful. Did you know this? I, I did. You saw, know I, I saw. own this fucking place. I, I found that out uh, on Twitter the other day, actually. Yeah, so that was a uh, congratulations, man. Thank you, you. did it. <laughs> I mean, it's that on Twitter, funny. so it must be true. I've never seen a CM Punk match in my life, but I own that. I own Fightful. Yeah, what was that all over anyway? Someone was like complaining about something, <laughs> like, the, and they were like, "Well, Jeremy, the owner of Fightful, said this." <laughs> that Lambert guy, get it right. <laughs> he didn't, didn't know my first name. Just that Lambert guy. Could be uh, any of us Lamberts. There's a lot of us out there. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the owner. I've fired Joel Pearl already. Mm. Jensen, I'll, I'll make sure you, you're well compensated for, for everything. <laughs> I got you an impact bonus. 
uh, for oh, that's right. showing showing our feet on the air. That was a yeah. I I you you and Sean both did. I I attempted to, but like with the way my room's set up, it's hard to see because of the where where my camera is here. But like my desk comes out like towards me, and this wall isn't as as far away as it looks. So like I legitimately can't even. <laughs> Like, I, I don't think I could, like, even get my feet on here. But here's the thing. Like I said on that show, if y'all want to throw me some money and you want to see my feet, <laughs> you go ahead and do that. My, my, tip, my tip drawer is open on Twitter. So uh, send me send oh. me a tip on Twitter and say, feet. I'll send you feet. <laughs> there you go. Let's put feet in Steven Jensen's tip jar. Leave us some super chats, some humper chats. You can put feet on there. We get enough super chats. Steven Jensen will, will show his feet. I'll show my feet again, although I yeah. gave them away for free. So that, that was poor business by my part. I have no idea how I'm making money on Fightful with my poor business plans, but apparently we're doing well. Uh, it seems like we got, we got a lot of subscribers on Fightful Select, all thanks to my hard work that I have nothing to do with. There <laughs> we go, Kai. Kai sent two dollars. Just said feet. Just says go. feet. Yeah, send send some money, everybody. Yeah, we see Steven Jensen's feet. See how they rate you on Wicca feet. Oh God. Oh God. All right. Yeah, I'll show you my feet, Kai. I got you. Oh my God. Send me a message on Twitter. This is gonna have to be like a like a like a. If I just do it right here, I'm I'm. I'm trying to give you a sneak peek. Oh, 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 oh no. Hannah has outbid. Feet. Oh, Hannah has outbid. I was Kai real close. I was feet. real close. I was about to try to like maneuver my way into like getting this onto my camera, but Hannah, okay, Hannah, thank you. Bidding we got, more we got two dollars. We got two dollars to show the feet. Five, four ninety nine, not to show the feet. Do we? Do we have six dollars to show the feet? Six dollars to show yeah, the feet. Come on now, six dollars to show the feet. There you go. Uh, we got awesome. a lot of wrestling to talk about. Yeah, we have all the we have real feet to talk about. Feet. Speaking Hi. of feet. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of feet, look at this transition. A man who had a broken foot, and he's back. And this is what we're going to lead off our spotlight with. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Yes, we're going to lead off yeah. with CM Punk and John Moxley. Uh, the, the big promo segment that they had last night. So CM Punk kicks off the show after returning last week. And he starts by burying Hangman Page, which I didn't see coming. Uh, according to Wrestling Observer, Alvarez and Meltzer, this was not planned. No one knew about this. I, I don't know who no one is. I assume that's everybody. That means Tony Khan, Hangman Page didn't know. He said, Hangman, you know, if you want your rematch, come on out here. He sat in his ring, sat in the ring. Hangman didn't come out. I don't know if Hangman was there last night or not. He didn't wrestle a match. He didn't have a segment. So I'm going to assume he wasn't there. Um, and then he said, that's coward shit. And he moved on and dressed John Moxley. And he cooked John Moxley on the microphone. I thought he said, you're the third best person in your group, which is a theme for you. Uh, you're the second best John. I'll beat in Chicago. He even took shots at Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston got on Twitter. And this is his words, not mine. Called him a cunt. Uh, he said, you know, you're the third best Eddie I've wrestled, the second best Kingston. And CM Punk, he, he was cooking. He was being dick CM Punk on the mic, cuntish CM Punk on the mic. And then John Moxley came out, and they had a big confrontation. Moxley, Moxley said some things like you're only back because of because uh, you need some money. And I, he said the, the titles don't mean shit. We're just going to beat you. That's what it means for uh and then they they brawled for a bit 
And then the next segment, after the Danielson Garcia match, Tony Nese comes out and Moxley just beats the shit out of him <laughs> and they brawl again. And then it was, an, we thought it was going to be all out. They said all out uh, during the promo segment. But then at the end of the show, they, they said next week, I would be there, Steven Jensen. Next week, CM Punk against John Moxley to unify the titles. What'd you make of the, this segment, the promos, the match happening next week? Just everything that happened between Moxley and, and CM Punk last night. Dude, I I loved it. I loved all of it. Um, I love that we're getting this match next week on free TV. I'm kind of guessing that they're going to do some sort of draw or something. Like, I feel like this is still going to be the match at All Out. Um, I could be wrong, though. But I think it's badass that we're getting it for free on TV next week, um, regardless of the outcome. And then I thought the, uh, the promo... Uh, the back and forth last night was awesome. I, I love the whole Tony Nese thing too, because like the show was like white hot up to that point. And like, and then it was like, Tony Nese came out and listen, I, I, I'm a, I, I'm a Tony Nese fan. I've once again, I, people who listen to the weekend or know, I, I covered two or five live every week before it became NXT level up. And so I saw like a lot of Tony Nese and Ari Davari and some of these guys that I feel like you've gotten slept on over the last handful of years. And I really like smart Mark Sterling a lot. So I'm one of those guys where I'm like, okay, cool. Tony East is coming out. This is probably going to be a good match. But it was a little strange because it was like the the opening of the show with Punk and Hang or with uh, Punk and uh, Mox. And then you had like the Danielson Garcia thing. And like uh, Hobbs may have even cut a promo already at that point. And like it was like, all right, this show is like we're rolling right now. And then as Nice came out, I was like, I wonder what this is going to be. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like this actually makes a lot of sense. Like Mox is coming back out and, and they're, they're, they're continuing to brawl. So. I thought it was great. Um, I thought punk on the microphone, like that, that was, that was awesome. All the stuff that he said, the hangman thing was strange, but right when he said it, I was like, okay, he's leaning more and more into being a heel. Like right when he called out hangman, I was like, I wonder where this promo is going. And then it got more and more heelish. Like he's calling out people that the fans like. Um, and then when him and Moxley went face to face, cause I thought Moxley, here's the difference. CM Punk I think had a better CM Punk's promo and his actual roasts were like, were better. Like if it was just like up to, you know, what was said on paper, but when Moxley speaks and the way that he speaks, he comes off as like way more like believable and authentic. If that makes sense. Like, like CM Punk, you you can, yeah. Like punk punk knows how to like, he knows how to like make people tick and he knows he can say certain things to get certain reactions and he's super over. So he knows what he's doing. But like when Mossy comes out there, he starts saying what he's saying. You start thinking like, okay, I know these guys are both professionals, but when Mox like, and by the way, <laughs> Effie is the gateway drug as Effie said last night on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think it's a coincidence that Effie and Mox kissed on GCW. And then Mox, you know, took some of that momentum to kiss CM Punk on dynamite. But, um, but when Moxley's speaking in the way that he acts and like, it's just one of those things where it's just, it's just a different vibe. It's like the guy who like is really good with words that knows what the people want to hear or don't want to hear versus a guy who's just like, stop messing with me. Like I'm not the guy to be messed with. Like, like you want, you, you want this title. I don't even care about this title. I don't care about your title either. Like, let's go head to head. I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to promise show you I'm better than you. And 
honestly, if it came down to it, like, <laughs> I know this is a completely off topic thing. If this came down to like a real fight, I know that CM Punk has UFC experience, but like, I think John Moxley would wash him. So like, I, wow, so, it's, so, it's, so, so, so it's interesting for me to see when they start throwing these like work shoots type, type, type punches at each other and they're getting each other's faces. I'm like, People probably think, well, CM Punk was in the UFC. John Moxley doesn't want to do that. Uh, yeah, I don't really quite understand. <laughs> but I, but I don't believe Moxley it trains. that way. Like, Mo- Moxley, like, trains MMA. Uh, he like, does. I don't but know that, how good he would he would be, but he does train, like, some MMA. To be fair, there were, like, fighters like uh, Cole Miller back in the day and stuff that were vouching for CM Punk, saying he was training, and then we saw what that actually looked like. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying Moxley would be necessarily any better. I have no idea, because we never, here's the thing. CM Punk had the balls to go and do it. Like, I have massive... I'll never take any respect away from CM Punk for having the balls to fight in the UFC octagon, especially knowing the level he was at going into it. Because everyone knew, like, like, there were people in his gym beating him up that aren't even in the UFC, you know? And it was like, this is not going to go well. Moxley hasn't tested himself like that, so I got to give Punk a lot of credit for that. But from the little bit that I do know, I know he spent a lot of time at Extreme Couture, and a lot of really good fighters have vouched for him. And they've said, like, yeah, is he like a UFC level guy? No, he isn't. But like, he's very competent in what he does, and he's he improves and he takes it very seriously. So it's just, and this is off topic, and it doesn't make it doesn't matter at the end of the day anyway, because like it's pro wrestling, and this it doesn't matter. But I just thought it was that's another layer to it that I think is interesting. Is like you have this guy who's fought in the UFC, you know, very unsuccessfully, but has attempted it in CM Punk. And then John Moxley, a guy who's like really, really interested in that culture and a guy who trains and a guy who's a part of this Blackpool Combat Club. It's kind of like, oh, it's like a work shoot type group. So I, that's the reason that my mind goes to that. It's just like both these guys are very, very into the world of like actual combat sports. So I could see this going a lot of different ways. Like, I don't think we're going to just get CM Punk and John Moxley one time. You know what I mean? I think we're going to get maybe a series of matches that includes maybe even something kind of like like a like a cage match or something that's a little more MMA based at some point too. I think there's a lot of the reason I brought any of this up is because I think they have potential to have like a really great wrestling match, a really great brawl, a really great like stipulation match. Like I think we're gonna get more than just one Moxley and uh and punk match. I don't need to see them try to do some work shoot <laughs> MMA fight. That's for sure. Even though Moxley's very good at it, like his blood sport stuff is very yeah, good. I don't it's really like good. CM Punk. Like CM Punk has actually fought in the UFC, as you mentioned. I don't know if like he'd actually do well in some type of weird work shoot style fight. Just give me CM Punk, the wrestler. That that's all I need. I and to the point of you know, it has nothing to do with anything, but like a shoot fight between these two. I think people think Moxley would win is because like he just seems like a guy who's just gonna go out there and like street fight CM Punk ain't going to be, he's not a technical striker. Like he, we didn't really see much of his striking in the UFC, but the mm-hmm. little that we did, it wasn't very good. Uh, he's not going to, you know, try to pick John Moxley apart on the feet or anything, but it'll probably be a, it would probably be a very sloppy, ugly looking fight between two guys who they, their experience level would show. And you just kind of think Moxley would win. Cause he just try to like scrap with them. And there's probably not going to be a high level jujitsu battle going on between cm punk and john moxley i i think john moxley would probably batter him honestly but who knows um as far as so the one thing I, i'll get i'll get a criticism out of the way i didn't like 
John Moxley just being like, this title doesn't mean shit. Your title doesn't mean shit. Like the whole point of this is they're fighting <laughs> to unify these titles. And AEW has always like propped up their titles. It's like, this is the most important thing. This is the most important thing. So I didn't quite like that from, from Moxley. Uh, yeah. The way they just like tossed them around. It's like, yeah, fuck these titles. Like, like who cares? <laughs> Usually AEW does a better job of, you know, treating their, their titles with some prestige. So I didn't like that from Moxley. I understand that it got very heated and it's more a personal thing than just, hey, these titles. But Moxley can't tell me like the, the week before I'm the interim champion, but like I'm the real champion because I'm out here defending it every week and then be like, yeah, this title doesn't mean shit. I just want to beat your ass. Uh, I didn't like that. So that that's my criticism of the segment. Uh, everything else though, I love the attack on Tony Nese because so many times in AEW, we, we see a segment and then it's, okay, next segment. Okay, next segment. And it doesn't feel connected at all. We never go back to, to whatever happened before. And it's not only like during the show. Sometimes it can be week to week. The undisputed elite, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, attack the Young Bucks and turn on them. And we ain't seen Cole, O'Reilly, and Fish on these shows at all uh, since then. Like there's been no promo. I I'm sure they showed a video package at some point, but I don't remember it if it if it happened. Like there was no real follow up to that. It was just like the fallout with the Young Bucks, but it was never anything with like Cole O'Reilly Fish. And I thought that should have been a little bit more highlighted in the in the weeks afterwards. And so so many times, just stuff feels disconnected. She's like next segment, next segment, next segment. So I love that you have this hot opener between Punk and Moxley, and then. It, you have this great match between Garcia and Danielson. Tony Nese comes out and it's like, let's go back to Punk and Moxley. Like, let, let's let's continue that from the opener. So I love that. It felt like finally there was like storytelling throughout the show with AEW. And I think that's been a criticism of the company. And so the fact that they were able to do that last night with that, what was big. We're getting this match next week. Uh, everyone thought it was going to be the pay-per-view. Again, they referenced it was going to be the pay-per-view. Um during their promo and then when they're running down the card it's next week i was stunned i i certainly wasn't expecting to go to AEW dynamite next week and be like yeah i'm getting to see sean moxley cm punk unify the titles how are you booking this like do, do you think we get some type of screwy finish to where all right it's, this is going to set up a cage match this is going to set up some type of stipulation match at all out do you think we get a clean winner and you know hangman page was referenced i don't know what hangman's doing at the pay-per-view does he come out? Do they, if nobody knew that CM Punk was going to take these shots at Hangman Page, do they now work Hangman into this so they can do that match? People are throwing MJF's name out there that he mm. shows up, and that's the big match at the pay per view. Where, where are you thinking uh, with Punk and Moxley next week? So, if I had to like make a bet. Like if I like my the, the thing that I think is most likely, I think we get Punk and Mox next week as advertised, but they go to like I don't know what the time limit draw will be for the title match. I don't know if it'll be an if it's an hour automatically because it's the world title or exactly how they do it. But I could see them doing some sort of draw where like neither guy loses, but it isn't like a screwy finish that pisses the fans off. Um I think the hangman page option is a really great option. Um, maybe you even do Mox, Hangman, and Punk in a triple threat because we don't get like a lot of those on like on like AEW paper for the title. Like we we've seen before, where like I think we had like Omega, Cassidy, 
and maybe pack were like in a triple threat for the title yeah. at one point and stuff. But like, um, I, I, I wouldn't mind something like that if it made sense. Um, the, the, the whole thing, and people in the chat are saying this too. And I, and I agree with, with like the, them saying they don't care about their titles. I don't think it's so much about them not caring about the championships themselves. It's that there's two champions here. These, neither of these mean anything until there's just one belt is kind of how I feel is the idea behind what they were going behind. Um, one question I have for you real quick before I forget to ask, do you consider, cause also it contradicted a little bit. Cause like Moxley was like, every time someone calls us the interim championship, it makes me sick. And then he was like, I don't even care about this championship. So that was a little contradictory, but do you consider John Moxley a two-time AEW champion or, or no? Because the, and the reason I ask is because in the UFC, I know it's different, but like generally the interim champions aren't really considered world champions. When I mean, like you look at right. it at the end of the day, like Tony Ferguson was never considered the UFC lightweight champion, even though he was the interim champion and didn't lose for like 12 fights. John Moxley just defended this title like what, like five, six times, something like that in the last like couple, in the last month or two or whatever it's been. Um, do you consider this like a legitimate AEW world championship reign for John Moxley? Is he a two-time AEW world champion to you? To me, no, because I don't like interim titles. I understand right. the, the point of them because you could build towards a unification match. I don't like them in the UFC. I, I don't like I don't like them doing it in AEW. I get it. I totally get it. Because Tony very he's even said this. Uh he thinks of it like the US, the UFC. Like, you know, they do interim titles and they build towards unification matches and it's a big time thing. And I agree with him. Like, I get it. But this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I don't 
think it does. Uh, I know AEW does, and, and Kai's mentioning like they count Sammy's TNT interim run as valid. Even Sammy is like weird mm. on that. Is like uh, two, you know, two time, three time, depending on which titles you're counting and everything. I think they do acknowledge that, and so Moxley is a two time champion. I think I'm not 100 sure on that, um, but I I personally don't view that as like a real title reign because it's it's an interim title like the champion is just not around you, you just gave him a title to give him a title because you wanted the title and to the point of you know, uh there's two belts so it devalues each other i i get that point i think there's just a better way to just go about it just say like both titles mean something but what would mean more is you know i beat you and then it's unified and then there's no doubt as to who the actual champion is instead of saying hey these don't mean shit and then tossing them aside so would you have preferred just like in hindsight like if we knew punk was going to be back this soon because it he, it wasn't very long that he was gone he technically like, I, he technically i mean he missed forbidden door but you know forbidden door was something that was new to AEW this year he technically didn't miss a pay-per-view right so so would you would, would you have um would you prefer if they would have stripped punk and had Mox like have an act? Would you like have a, like a run with the, the true championship and then punk gets the title shot when he gets back? Or would you have preferred that they just don't do an interim title at all? And they just basically and Mox basically just keeps his number one ranking by winning big matches until punk had come back. I, I kind of prefer the latter of just, Hey, let's crown a top contender. Moxley goes on and he just goes on this run and he's just calling out punk every week of like because then he can say like it don't mean shit this number one contendership don't mean shit until the champion shows up and actually fights me because i want that title like that right. would be that would be better to me than the interim title was fine like moxley did great with the run uh but then the the don't mean shit line actually kind of works a little bit better than he's been carrying around this title and trying to make it seem like it's prestigious um yeah i would have just preferred moxley beat a bunch of people and then just keep calling out cm punk i think that would have that would have been my preference. I don't think Moxley's run was obviously great. I loved it. Um, I, I love the matches, even though there was no doubt that he was like gonna win. He was never gonna lose this interim title. Uh, I still love the matches, and I love just Shaw Moxley's presence overall. I've said it plenty of times. Like I think he's the most believable character in wrestling right now, and he just has an aura about him where he shows up on the screen, and you are just like hooked by by John Moxley. Uh, so it, it was a great run. Um, but my preference is to not do interim titles and to find a way around that. If you know how long the guy is going to be out, because the UFC does this. It's right. like, hey, you, you're going to be out for like three months. You don't fight for three months anyway. We're going to do an interim title just because we want to have a title fight on a pay-per-view. And that's kind of what this felt like. I do wonder if there wasn't a forbidden door and they didn't feel the need, oh, we need an AEW world title match on this pay-per-view do they even go the interim title route? Because yeah, you're not missing a pay-per-view at that point. Like C- CM Punk wasn't going to miss a pay-per-view. It was just Forbidden Door was added. And so I think they felt they needed an AEW world title match on that show, especially after sort of announcing uh, Punk and Tanahashi. And so that's why they were like, okay, we need an interim title. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think all of that, all that makes sense. I, I agree with, with all that. Um, I want to say real quick too, my, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite parts of the segment last night, and you could tell it was like, it was actually ad lib because of the reaction in the in the ring. But like, 
I love that that little part when Moxley, because I agree with you. I think Moxley is he comes off as like one of the most authentic, just believable, just badasses in wrestling. Not even just in AEW, like when he shows up on the Indies or GCW, it's just like he has this whole other aura about him right now, and, and this confidence and just this love for the game of what he's doing, which is just really cool. Um, but I loved last night when he, to, to that point, he tells CM Punk, I'm the heart and soul of this company since day one, basically. And some, and Punk's like, cool, I'll be the dollar and dollars and cents. Yeah. And Mox just didn't have a response. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was like, damn, that was actually, that was actually good. Cause, cause sometimes CM Punk, as long as much as I love CM Punk on the mic and, and I think his run since coming back to AEW has been fantastic between like the Darby stuff, and the MJF stuff. I mean, it's been, it's been awesome. The, the, the painting his face, like sting with him and Darby and stuff. And like, there's been some awesome stuff that CM Punk since his returning to AEW or to wrestling with AEW, I should say. But, um, but sometimes it can get a little too cute with it. You know what I mean? Like on the microphone, sometimes it's a little too tongue in cheek, a little too cutesy. That was a great comeback last night when Fox said he's the heart and soul, and, and Punk said I'm the dollars and cents, and Mox just didn't have a response. I I thought Punk kind of cooked him on the mic. I love dickish CM Punk. I've been calling for that for a while because I got tired of the happy go lucky, yeah. everything is great routine. We saw it a, a little bit against Eddie Kingston. We saw it against Hangman Page as well because these these are guys that are. They're cheered, right? Like everyone loves Eddie Kingston. Everyone loves Hangman Page. Everyone loves John Moxley. So we've seen we've seen it throughout. And I think that's his that's really his best work is when he's he's a dick. Is that that was his heel run in ROH and WWE and everything. Like when there's some truth to what, what he's saying in there, because he says it with such conviction. I mean, he even last night he's like, Tell me I'm lying. Like, tell me I'm lying when I'm saying these things. Uh, like there's a lot of conviction when he speaks and when he can be a dick and he's not just going out there, we got a great show tonight. I'm going to wrestle this person. This is our main event, like an SNL host out there, like CM Punk's doing his best work. So I, I thought, I thought it was great on the mic last night. I'm really looking forward to the match next week. My initial thought was because of the hangman stuff. And again, I don't know how much is he went off script, went into a business for himself, how much is, Hey, we're setting something up because it's logical that Hangman gets his rematch. There, there is the rematch clause. AEW has talked about that. You can invoke it whenever you want. And Chris Jericho took two years to invoke his uh, against Sean Moxley. So, like, you can do that. There is that rematch clause in AEW. I guess Kenny is still owed uh, his rematch yeah. as well. But th- there is that clause. And Hangman doesn't really have anything on the docket for All Out unless he gets inserted into the trios tournament and he's part of dark order and that, and then you set up uh, dark order and the elite. Otherwise there's no like real direction for hangman as far as like a big all out match. So putting him in a world title situation makes sense. Where does that leave the loser of CM Punk, John Moxley? I don't know. Uh, unless you do some type of like triple threat gimmick. Yeah. People have mentioned MJF. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know if MJF is going to be involved. It, they're very quiet on that, which is good. Uh, they they should be and, you know people have said it, it's faded to the background and it kind of has and that's not really their fault because Vince McMahon decided to be Vince McMahon and <laughs> take the headlines from from everybody um, but you know rebooting the MJF stuff MJF CM Punk Chicago headlining all out that's a big match they I feel like they gotta have something up their sleeve because Moxley and Punk really did feel like the biggest match 
in AEW with with the way they've built it, with the star power of both men. So you go, you headline this pay-per-view with this. To do this on free TV, you've either got to have a rematch set, and they can do that. They did that with uh, Kenny and Christian, right? They, they did it on mm-hmm. the first Rampage, Christian won, then they came back at All Out and, and headlined. Um, so they, they could easily do that. But I feel like you got to have something if you're going to do this match on free TV because you got to have a pay-per-view main event. And unless you're going to run it back, which is possible, you got to have something that's equal or better to, to do in the main event. And no offense to Hangman, I don't know if Punk Hangman 2 is equal or better. I, I don't think Moxley and Hangman is equal or better. MJF could get there. MJF could be there. Uh, Punk, and, Punk and MJF 3. Like that could be there. Otherwise, I, I'm not sure. I'm very interested to see how next week goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe they do something. If like this is assuming that MJF is coming back soon, or at least that he's they have something worked out. Because maybe they do something where like Punk and Mox are like you know twenty something minutes into their match on Wednesday, and then MJF comes out and just beats the shit out of both of them and leaves. And everyone's like, "What was that?" And like he just disappears again for like a few more weeks. And it's just like, wait, like you know what I mean? Like like because I don't think that it would be smart personally to have MJF like win the title at all out like right now only because i I do think mjf should be the next aw world champion like i want to make that clear i think mjf should beat cm punk for the world title but right now it would it just the timing isn't right i don't think because i feel like we still do need to get like an actual cm punk title run for at least like six months or something and if if they can so here's the other side of the MJF thing. If he comes back and he's a massive baby face, even what, even if he's not trying to be, like the fans are going to cheer him the first time they see him again. And it's going to be up to the up to AEW and MJF what, what they want to do with that. Like, do they want to do they want to ride with that and see if they can actually keep him over as like a really hot baby face for a second, or do you just become the biggest heel possible right off the bat? The there's a lot of ways it can go with it, but I think it would be really interesting if between now and like six months from now, if they could get CM Punk to the point where he is the biggest heel in AEW and he's, he's just, cause we know AEW will go there. I mean, Christian's out there talking about, you know, jungle boy's dad being dead and all this. I mean, like they're, they're willing to like, so if, if they're if CM Punk can go out there with free reign and like, and get himself hated as a heel because we know it's possible we've seen him do it multiple times in his career you can get those fans to really turn on him if they can get him to a point of like the fans just despising cm punk in the next like half a year and the only way the fans can get that title off cm punk is we like we have to get behind mjf it's like shit we hate mjf too like this guy's the biggest asshole in this company but we'd rather him have the title than cm punk so like we have to get behind mjf even just for one match to get that title off cm punk and then mjf could do whatever he wants i i don't know i mean i know that's there, there's just a lot of ways i can go with this whole thing but i do think ultimately mjf should be the AEW world champion but i also think it shouldn't happen like three weeks from now because we do still need an actual cm punk title run i feel like i i'm with you because we have we didn't get a cm punk title run because of the injury and the mjf stuff the chat mentions like okay why does mjf get a title shot when he comes back, like I'm in agreement with you. If they're going to tell me records and rankings matter and everything, the last time I saw this guy in a ring, he got beat in five right. minutes by Wardlow. 
and, and stretchered out. So he'd have to pick up a lot of wins in a short amount of time. You can do a battle royal. They they love that stuff. You can do whatever, some type of gauntlet to, to contendership, ladder match to contendership. They could easily do it to where he gets it. They could even, look, it's pro wrestling, right? I could easily just say, hey, this is the guy CM Punk wants to face. Like that, this happens in the UFC as well. Like when you're the champion, you can kind of call your shot on there if it's a big money match. Does the rankings be damned? Uh, you know, Chuck Liddell, great example of this. Is like he won the title. Is like, hey, I'm gonna fight Jeremy Horn because he beat me a while right. ago. It's like, okay, this isn't. That wasn't even a big money match. It's just like I would just want this win back. CM Punk just be like, well, fuck this guy. He left. Like I just want to beat his ass and for all the shit he talked as well. Like uh, you know, previously before leaving. So it's wrestling. You could do it, but I do agree with you. He can't just walk in there. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm just getting this title shot when you're going to tell me rankings and wins and losses and stuff matter when he's like one and four this year. I guess the yeah. one win was CM Punk. It's a rubber match, though. So. Yeah. It, well, technically, uh, if you ask CM Punk, he's up two to one because he's he, yeah. he, he claims he beat CM Punk twice that first time. But but yeah, no, I, I'm with you, though. Like, they would have to figure a way that it makes sense that also doesn't ignore what Wardlow did to him and where Wardlow's at now as the TNT champion and stuff like doing trios matches. Yeah. When also, I thought it was interesting last night that Wardlow and, and FTR referred to themselves as the pinnacle. Like it may, it leads me to believe that like MJF has got to be right around the corner. If they're like going to be talking about that group. And like, obviously MJF was the leader of that group. Like I, 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 I don't know. There's a lot of ways I can go with it. Um, as, as uh King of, uh, Hugo Mundo says, uh, he has the the ring, which, I mean, that doesn't really that doesn't really mean like a title shot necessarily, but like he does, he has a very impressive win loss record in, in AEW. He's had that diamond ring every year that the company's been around. All it would really take would, in my opinion, would be him coming back and beating like a Hangman Page or a John Moxley or something in like a big match, and he would immediately jump to the top of the rankings. Um, and the Wardlow thing is going to be like a monkey on his back for a long time. I feel like it's going to be one of these things. that's like Wardlow's going to be in the back of his head. Like eventually we will get a rematch between Wardlow and MJF, um, yeah. you know, but at that point they're hoping Wardlow is going to be like one of the top guys and MJF is already ready to be one of the top guys. And I also think the main reason why we saw Wardlow was so dominant over MJF. I think Wardlow is going to win either way because of the story, but I mean, at that point, it looked like MJF was just going to bail from the company. So they were probably thinking like, you know what, whether or not we can get this completely worked out or not, we need Wardlow to look great. And we don't know what the future for MJF is. So they beat the hell out of him. They had him leave on a stretcher. And then like the then that Wednesday, he comes out and cuts that promo. But then once again, why things get so interesting here is because the last thing we saw of MJF was him getting massively cheered by the fans because of that promo. So like, I think that when he comes back, fans are going to cheer him again. So I, I'm just interested. I'm really interested to see what the reaction is and where they go with it. But I'm really hoping things have been worked out between MJF and AEW because I've said it before. And I'll say it a thousand times. And then there, here's another thing. He's not going to just sit out until 2024, like his contract no. for another like two years. So, um, I think MJF is going to be a massive, massive asset to the wrestling business. Um, whether two years from now he's with AEW or with WWE, I, I think regardless, he's going to be the top star in wrestling over the next few years. Like when, once he kind of hits that, that point. So, um, anyways, I, uh, yeah, 
I, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to everything they're doing in AEW. And I, I'm just, and just overall, I know we're going to talk about Kenny right now, but like, I thought last night's show was fantastic. That was one of the best yeah. episodes of Dynamite I think they've ever done. I, I, I completely agree. And, and let's, let's talk about Kenny. Yeah. Kenny Omega was back. Kind of knew it was coming. They, they told yeah. you without telling you that it was coming. Um, he came back. He's wearing this compression shirt. He's got a brace on his arm and everything. People are wondering how banged up he actually is or if he's working here. All I'm going to say about that is, one, Kenny Omega is a storyteller. He, he's, he's one of the best when it comes to that stuff. And two, I think if this man was actually banged up, he ain't taking that uh, doomsday dive over the <laughs> railing and shit because that looked like it was going to murder him. And if he was actually like really hurt in, in this aspect, he ain't taking that stuff. He's like, no, I'll work a little bit safer than that. So I think the way Omega was working, and he, he did it brilliantly, it is a work because he, he knows, he just knows how to tell stories. And, and so many times everyone's like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm going to be better than ever. I'm going to be stronger than ever. Like everything that Omega went through, people thought he was going to be back in February. He was shooting for February initially. We're in August. Like it's months later. Uh, like it, he was out for a very long time and he, he said it, he set this up in interviews and again, there might be some truth to it as well, but he set it up in interviews. Like I'm rehabbing. If I have one more setback, that could be the end of my career and everything. He is going to work himself back into shape. And he did that masterfully last night in the ring, the exhaustion. It's been a while since he wrestled, you know, favoring the knee, not being able to do certain things. Like it would Kenny Omega. He's brilliant. He is brilliant in the ring. I, I think he worked a lot of people with the way he was working last night. And it's possible he is still super banged up and he just doesn't have it right now. And he's still really great. And maybe I got worked and the man is just the man is just super banged up. But I'm willing to bet he's he may not he might not be a hundred percent, but he's clearly good enough to wrestle. And he is just he's working with the the way he's working. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree, and and like yeah, when he went for like the you cannot escape and like couldn't do the flip, and it was like part of me was like was that a botch, and then the other part was yeah. like man, if it was, you really played it off great because like he was right there in front of the young box, and they're like all looking at each other like, yeah, it was gonna be a second before you're like completely back to form, you know, like yeah, um, I love that spot you were just talking about with Dragon Lee uh, doing the front flip uh, tope through the ropes yeah, like into yeah, the crowd. And man, the front row is lucky they didn't get taken out. Like, cause they were, you know, I know they moved the railing closer so that it wouldn't be as dangerous, but like, um, the thing they still kind of landed it on some of the people in the front row. Dragon Lee really that 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 match was that match was a lot of fun. Um yeah. the ending was strange too at the end of the show. Like, like uh Andrade turns on <laughs> turns on Dragon Lee and his mask flies off. And I was like, wait, what just happened? Like <laughs> oh, I'm convinced <laughs> Roosh. Roosh was like, "Hey, this is what we're fucking doing." At the end, I'm convinced <laughs> of it. They can say that that wasn't the plan, but I'm I'm convinced that 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 Roosh was just, yeah. Um, I'm, this is what we're doing at the end of this thing. Went into business for himself. What a worker! Roosh yeah, is. what a worker. This Kenny a Omega asshole ain't taking my main event. <laughs> yeah. Make sure everybody's talking about me after this shit. Yeah. Oh man, that was so funny. Um, it was so random, but I but I thought the uh, yeah, I thought the match was 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 a lot of fun, and and Kenny being the the partner for the young bucks. I mean, it all just makes perfect sense for so many reasons, not just storyline wise, but like, which obviously it does, but, but even like what you're saying, even if Kenny is banged up still, like this is the best possible scenario for him have matches where two other guys can also 
get physical and take a lot of the bumps and stuff. Like, so you don't have to be out there having 45 minute long matches with like epic six star matches with everybody all the time, like to keep yourself in that spot. Like you can like, cause the trios titles, these titles are going to main event shows and stuff too. This isn't going to be yeah. something where like, like it's like the, the, I don't know, like the WWE women's tag titles or something that like just have no value whatsoever. Like this is going to be something where like, I think the trio titles are going to mean a lot, especially if a team like the Young Bucks and Kenny are the champions, which I expect them to win the, the tournament. But even if they don't, there's there's a whole stacked roster of trios that they have. So I think this I think this um, this division is going to be a lot of fun. And this was like a great way of kicking all that off. So um, I think it was great to see Kenny again. He got a huge reaction. Um, he looks great in the ring for like what I think he's attempting to do. I do think he's trying to work us into believing he still isn't as ready as he actually is. Um, but it's a great out too. Cause if he, if he is still a little banged up and he, and he is actually out there messing up a little bit here and they're getting back into it, you can play that off if you're him, because like, it makes yeah. sense that he would be brought, he'd have ring rust. So yeah, this was great stuff. And then, and then I think on the other side, you know, Hangman being aligned with the Dark Order on the other side of the bracket, you know, makes things interesting too. And um, yeah, I, I liked I liked what we saw last night a lot, and I'm I'm loving the I'm loving the trio stuff so far in the company. The pop this man is going to get when he takes that brace off and takes the shirt off and just sees his best bout machine, Kenny Omega again, and he's doing doing the point the gun pointing and everything. Just going to get a massive, massive pop when he returns to just 100% Kenny Omega 4. Right now, he has to wear the compression shirt. Uh, he has to wear it, everybody. Just like Roman Reigns had to wear <laughs> the vest. But when he takes that shirt off and everything, people are like, oh, fuck, Kenny Omega, he's back. Like Okada with the short shorts, it's going to be a huge pop. Like Kenny Omega, he he's one of the best when it comes to just telling these kind of stories and he puts a lot of thought into it and he cares a lot with this stuff. And yeah, I, I think he's still a little bit banged up. He might not be a hundred percent. I don't think he is as bad as he kind of tried to show last night. And even if he was, he's still better than damn near half the wrestlers in the world. More than that, because of even at his current state, like he, he's that good. Uh, yeah, the the uh, the you can't escape uh, when he when he couldn't get over on the flip. That was when I, I I was like that too. I was like, oh man, he's just not all there right now. He just doesn't have it. And then as the match went on and he started doing more stuff, I was like, oh okay, that that seemed like that might have been a little bit planned. And like you said, if it's not planned, like and if he does, maybe he is just a little bit of ring rust, some exhaustion and everything. Great Ric Flair tribute by, by Kenny Omega <laughs> at the end of the match, just dead to rights. Couldn't, couldn't stand, couldn't do anything. Uh, you know, if there are Rick some slurs. Ric Flair tribute. Yeah. That's what he's doing, right? <laughs> yeah. He was passed out. He was just like, he passed out <laughs> twice due to dehydration. It took him a while. Yeah. Uh, if he does like botch some stuff and whatnot, they can just play it off as like, Oh, Kenny, Kenny just doesn't not quite fully back to a hundred percent yet. Uh, we'll know he's back to 100% when that compression shirt and that that brace comes off. And he's he's killing. He killed. Uh, I think with Dragon Lee with that V trigger last night. That move still rules yeah. so much. Yeah, so yeah, that was that was great stuff. And you know, this is this is something that I like you. I think it's going to be used as a story where like eventually he'll take the shirt off and the compression shirt and the the brace and all this stuff. This is different than like, uh, you know. 
as much as I love Sting, there have been parts of his career where he's had to wear a t-shirt while he wrestles. And that's kind of been a thing where I'm always like, if he's wearing the t-shirt, he may not be in total Sting shape. But like when he pops that t-shirt off, like that's like we're getting the real Sting. Um, Ric Flair, when he wrestled like the last match on Nitro, I remember, I'll always remember him wearing a t-shirt while he wrestled that match. And it's being like, man, he's not even good enough shape to to not wear a t-shirt. Man, that's, that's, that's kind of sad. This is different with Kenny Omega. This is like, this makes complete sense that a guy coming off of serious injuries like this would have to take extra precautions to protect himself. And eventually it'll be like a Forrest Gump type situation where he like breaks out of that brace and everyone goes crazy. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for what they're doing right now with Kenny. And, and I, I, and toot, especially it's pretty clear we're going to get Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay one-on-one at some point in the near future. There's no way Kenny's going into that not ready. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. So I, this is, this is what I was thinking about because we have the Osprey trios match next week. Does Kenny want to do like anything with Osprey while he's doing this storyline where he's not a hundred percent? Like, does that help him? Or does that hurt him of, hey, you beat me or I beat you with when I wasn't 100%. Like, I look this good. I look this bad. I was banged up. Imagine what I can do when I'm healthy. Or are they just best off, like, staying away from each other some more until they can deliver that match when both men are 100% ready to go? And I'm kind of leading towards the latter of, like, just don't even, like, tease it when omega has like an excuse or osprey can can say he has an excuse like don't even like go there with it and instead just kind of still keep them separate because i'm still convinced that aussie open is taking the fall next week and that death triangle is winning yeah no i I feel the same way i i prefer if they didn't interact before a big one-on-one match um the only the only way i would have the scenario of kenny wrestling you know less than 100 percent would be if he lost to Osprey, but like months later he got that win back when he was healthy and like that was part of the story. But like personally, I I, I don't want to see Ozzy open and Osprey um against the undisputed elite in the trios. Or sorry, the, the elite in the trios, because I don't I don't want to see anything between Osprey and Omega until they, they wrestle one on one. The only thing that I'd be okay with is if there was a tease where like they're both in the ring together in the trios match, but then like they both get hit or like tag out, or maybe you can tease it a little bit, but like I uh and that that's the other thing. I don't think Kenny Omega is going into a match with Will Ospreay at less than hundred percent, or or at least, you know, you know what I mean. He's not going into it like yeah, he's going into it prepared because whether you're on Kenny's side or Osprey's side or you're a fan of both or whatever, like Kenny said a lot of stuff recently about Will Ospreay that like he's going to have to back up. Um, and Kenny can. Kenny, in my opinion, is probably the best in-ring wrestler probably in the world when he's healthy. Um, Osprey, I think, has uh, has legitimate um, claim to that too, though. Like I, there's a lot of people out there that would say Osprey is the best wrestler in the world right now from bell to bell. And I, and I understand that as well. Um, but with the things that Kenny has said, especially in that interview with Sean here, here at Fightful, like Kenny is writing checks that I know his ass can cash because he's Kenny Omega and he's the man. But like he would look real foolish if he went out there and Will Ospreay like ran circles around him. And I just don't think that that's going to be happening. So like um, so that that's kind of my whole thing, I think. And here's the thing. If you, someone's just said Danielson's better than Kenny. Look, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I 
personally speaking, I probably prefer Danielson over both of them personally, but like, I understand the argument for Kenny Omega, for Will Ospreay, for, for Danielson, like depending on what you like in wrestling, even Roman Reigns, depending on what you like in wrestling, like, but, um, but yeah, that's my whole point with that is I don't, I don't think Kenny Omega is going to say all the stuff he said and same with Osprey, by the way, this isn't a one, a one way road. Like Osprey has said plenty about Kenny as well. So like for this match, when it happens, both guys know that it's gotta be, the expectations are going to be incredibly high. And I think they're going to go out there and like, you know, totally deliver. So imagine thinking Brian Danielson ain't the fucking goat. <laughs> be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. Jensen, they are professional wrestlers in a wrestling ring who wrestled on Monday. Drew McIntyre was very clear about that in his promo with Kevin Owens. Uh, I thought both of these promos were, were great. Uh, you can tell there is a lot of leniency or not even leniency. There, there's freedom now with the script and what they can say and can't say. Owens being back to the, the prize fighter mentality has been great these last couple of weeks. Drew McIntyre feels way more authentic than he ever did when he was doing the cool cats and kittens and thumbs up, thumbs down and get the during the Thunderdome. And I realize those were weird circumstances, but still he's out. He feels way, way more authentic now than he ever did uh, over the past few years. Uh, I thought they had a great match. Didn't mind the DQ finish. I think you can do a DQ finish when you need to protect people, when it makes sense. And when it's not in the main event after we've spent all show and then building towards this, and then you give me 20 minutes and then it's a DQ finish. And they did some good stuff in the aftermath as well. I thought this was great. I, I loved it. I love the freedom that they have on these promos. I thought Bailey's been very good on the mic since she's returned. Wrestling in WWE. Steven Jensen. I love it. Yep. And I thought the promo was great. I love McIntyre basically saying, like, you know, you think I'm I was the chosen one, like. Yeah, I kind of was for a second and then I got fired. And then like I had to work my ass off to get back in here. And then like not even just to get back into the company, to get back into the company and then actually kind of fulfill that prophecy and like become a main event level guy, become the world champion and stuff. And I love the whole prize fighter um thing for Owens too. Like that's Owens at his best is a guy who just who just fights fight Owens fight. I mean, it's like it's yeah. fight steam fight, whatever, like kill steam kill, whatever, however far back you want to go. Um, that's Kevin Owens at his best. Um, yeah, I mean, the more that they can keep talking about how they're wrestlers and they want to wrestle on a wrestling show, I think the more of that, the better I, you know, I, I'm sure Cody was just licking his chops at home and watching that. Cause like he's where he said before he even came back to the company or I guess right, right after he came back to the company, he's like, he's like, yeah, okay. If they're going to find me for saying the world, the word belt, like fuck it. Like, I'm going to say the word belt. Like, if I want to call myself a wrestler and they're going to find me for it, like, fuck it, I'm a wrestler. Like, what's, they're not going to fire, they're going to fire him over, over that kind of stuff. They might take a little bit of money from him. Now it seems like that's just going to be a non-issue. Like, they're going to be able to talk naturally. <laughs> I mean, this is, these are very good signs for the WWE in their, in their future. I, I really, really like wrestlers that are wrestling. It sounds very basic. It sounds very obvious and simple. But when we've lived in this world for this long of the WWE avoiding very real and obvious things, 
and and you know you can't say certain things even though it's like why wouldn't you be able to say this this is silly um i like that they're 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 kind of revamping how that works and and i uh yeah this this was this was a good sign and like mcintyre is the kind of guy that i totally understand why he why he gets so uh consistently pushed in the wwe system like i think he does really well for them and he looks great and he's great in the ring and I want to see more from Kevin Owens. I think he mentioned during the thing, during the promo, he hasn't held a WWE title, like any title in the WWE for like five years or something. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah. maybe it is. Um, but because I feel like ha- he had to have been like US champion or something in that time, but maybe he wasn't. Um, but the but you know, do more with Kevin recall. Owens. Like, oh, no, yeah, go, I ahead. go ahead. I don't recall him ever holding like a, a title. Like the last time he held the US title was 2017. So there, and wow, yeah. Two, a two day reign. So yeah, he, wow. he's not been a, a champion Like he just, he just has it, which is, which is insane because it's really good. Yeah, no, no, I agree. He's one of my favorite. He's honestly one of my favorite, um, favorite wrestler, like pro wrestlers ever, honestly, like, like over like his whole career, I've been a, a really big fan of his. So yeah, I want to see, I want to see more of this kind of stuff. Like, and make that the important thing. Like you can always have storylines and you're always going to have storylines and it's always going to be sport entertainment to, to some degree, of course. But like at the end of the day, it's, it's wrestling and like you're fighting for championships and, you know, at some point that needs to be addressed in like actually a part of the show. If you're the WWE, like it, it's silly to be tiptoeing around the idea that these are people that are, you can call them sports entertainers, professional wrestlers, whatever you, you you want to. But most of the people in that WWE system are people who grew up professional wrestling fans, grew up WWE fans, and wanted to work for the WWE their whole life. And then when they got there, they couldn't call themselves wrestlers. They couldn't say they wanted to go for the belt. They couldn't do this or that. And now they're going to have opportunities to maybe kind of live out their dreams that they always wanted. Like, this is their opportunity to really be what they wanted to in the WWE, it feels like. So I... I, I think I think that a promo like like what we saw between McIntyre and uh, and Owens on Raw I think is uh that's a really good sign for the future of the company. It's very basic stuff of oh you can just now use these words again right like these words that you you couldn't use and even in the ring it's like oh you can now do this stuff in the ring you could wrestle a little bit of a different style in the ring very basic stuff but when you, we've been conditioned for so long of like, Hey, this is just kind of how it is in WWE. It makes a big difference. And I think the biggest difference it makes like in the bigger picture of everything is just freedom and collaboration with yes. the wrestlers. It, because now it doesn't feel like whatever Vince says is how it's going to be like, th- this is what we're doing. And you just really have no say, follow your script, follow your format, follow your match layout. Like this is how it's going to be. Now it feels like, hey, we can go out there and play around with stuff. And with that, when wrestlers get that kind of freedom, these are all creative people. I've I've talked about it many times. Like People in wrestling are some of the most creative people in the world. Like Whether it's inside wrestling, outside wrestling, because some of these people do other things that are super creative as well. Dexter Loomis, a fucking artist, for for Christ's sakes. These are all very creative people. And now they have a bigger canvas to create on. And I think that is just great news for wrestling as a whole. And certainly the people in WWE 
who are super creative and who can now go out there and instead of being confined into this box, and I know a lot of the wrestlers, I listen to a lot of interviews and a lot of the WWE people were like, oh, it's good to have these restrictions because it makes me think differently and it makes me work harder and it makes me like, okay, well, how can I do this within this confined little box? How about you just expand the box and you can still work really hard, and but you can have more, more ideas to play around with. How about we do that? Instead of confining the box to that big, I want to expand it and you still have limitations you have to work around because there are sponsors and there are contracts and there are things like that. But at least now you have more freedom to move with, with everything. Um, so I, I think it's great. I think it's a great thing for, for everybody in WWE. And I look forward to more of that. Jensen, your WWE spotlight initially. This is what you messaged me. <laughs> Quincy Elliott not on NXT level up this past week. So fuck Triple H. Were yeah, your exact yeah, I words. Did, yeah. I, d- I DM'd you that. I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you DM'd me that. And then Quincy Elliott video package on NXT. He's coming to the main NXT, Steven Jensen. And you were singing Triple H's praises after that one. Quincy Elliott, already a spotlight legend, uh, yeah. you know, reacted to, to the love we gave him last yeah. week on Twitter. He's coming to main NXT. This isn't actually your spotlight, but... We're, we're, Quincy Elliott, he's yet, we're going to get him on this show at some point. We have to. I don't know how WWE feels about us, but we're going to work to get him on this show. All right, everybody? Your actual spotlight. Oh, go ahead. Talk about Quincy Elliott. Oh, yeah. Shout out Quincy Elliott. Obviously, big fan of what what, what they're doing right now, uh, the Super Diva. I liked the, uh, the little the promo he did. And it was funny because it was like, all right, no one's talking about this guy. So I'm going to bring him up on the spotlight. Even you were like, who the fuck is Quincy Elliott? Who are we talking about on Wednesday? And I was like, no, trust me. Like this, this guy is tight. Like I, I, I'm, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, it's a different vibe and, and different look and, but like really impressive in the ring. And anyway, I really like what I've seen of Quincy Elliott and, um, and no coincidence. We talked about him on the spotlight and all of a sudden he gets this promotion to NXT. They watch the show. Just saying. Um, the show. So, Bruce uh, so yeah. always, Bruce has got plenty of eyes on this show. He's making sure everybody's tuned in to the spotlight yeah. back there in WWE. For sure. So, yeah, keep pushing Quincy. I think you got to – I think Quincy can have a very, very bright future in the WWE. I, I legitimately do. They need they need people like him that are, like – that are just different, like different vibe, different look. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of, like, like bigger wrestlers right now in the WWE on like that main roster, even where like, you know, it, it's good to have that dude who like, like Quincy, who can, who can do like a splash and like, it, it's a match ender and it's believable, just like a splash, you know, like, but, but also can do like a sweet, like running European uppercut at the same time. Like there's, I, I like, I like what I'm seeing. And I think it's really cool that Quincy's going to be debuting on NXT soon. And, uh, and a lot of people are still unexposed to him because a lot of people, most people don't watch NXT level up. So a lot of people are going to be like, who is this and what are they about? And I think they're going to be, uh, hopefully they're pleasantly surprised. You know, I can draw comparisons between him and some, some people in like wrestling's past and NXT's past and stuff in certain ways. But I think Quincy is, is a real uh, original. I, I think that what we're going to get out of the presentation of Quincy Elliott is going to be something different. And I think it's going to be really, uh, really entertaining. Your actual spotlight this week is Tyler Bate showing up yeah. on NXT television with the UK title that he hasn't technically won. Oh, hold You're on a second. This. Is this? No, no, oh, no. no. I, I just happen to read this chat. I'm not logged in. We don't need to pull it up. It says Matt Riddle was spotted after a show by a live streamer that got Matt to shout at IP2. 
after Riddle got. I know what IP two. Riddle probably just had no idea what that was. Is it, like fuck Bobo? Is that IP two? Like like Ice Poseidon's like old subreddit. If that's what we're talking about, that's that's a whole that's a whole other thing. I had no idea about that, but I would imagine he just didn't know. Um, but anyway, I don't that's a whole other thing. True, huh, Jensen? What are we doing here? Oh no, I'm just saying like. Well, no, we don't. We don't. I'm just saying, like, that's I haven't seen anybody reference IP2 ever in a chat that I've ever done ever. I just know what it is because I know who that streamer is. But um, anyway, sorry, that's completely off topic. I just I never see that in the, in, in any of the chats we do. Anyways, um, as far as Tyler Bate goes, okay, I cover NXT UK for uh, for uh, this uh, the weekender over on Fightful Select. All right, all right. They've been doing so a, a little while back for people who might not know Ilya Dragunov. Um, he had to vacate the title in real time, you know, like a month or so ago. So we've known this tournament was going to be happening and they just caught up to it on the TV show. So like the tournament started and it looks like, you know, based on the brackets, it's going to be Tyler Bate versus Trent seven, most likely for that title. I haven't looked into the spoilers yet for this, but I'm assuming that's where it was heading based on the story. If, okay, so obviously Tyler Bate has won this thing, but this is the reason I wanted to bring this, this up on the show because NXT happens this past Tuesday. Um, Braun Breaker defended the title over Jordan Devlin, right? Or I guess he's um, he's uh, uh, JD McDonough, I think is his name now. Um, so he, he so Braun Breaker's there at the end of the show. Tyler Bate comes out with the NXT UK title Nobody knows he's won this tournament yet. So I just thought it was really strange. I get it. Not a lot of people watch NXT UK. I understand that. But isn't that weird to you? That like they would just completely spoil an entire tournament that's like this entire show is built around over the next like month? It's weird because of that, yes. It's not weird because, as you said, I don't think a lot of people watch NXT UK uh, you know, Blair Davenport was, was part of NXT this past week as well. So it seems like she's going to be getting moved over. I kind of think NXT UK is just a washed brand at this point. You know, they canceled their upcoming tapings. According to a lot of reports, it just seems like a thing of we know, but we don't know. Like, don't everything's fine, but it's really not fine based on all the signs. I think it's just a brand that they're going to do away with. I know Triple H is goal of global uh, global uh global localization what was a thing in years past and they want to do nxt uk and nxt japan and nxt mexico now i don't think especially now that he's uh you know running main roster stuff like, i don't think those are in the works anymore it's just like all right well let's just focus on what we have going on here and then we can just maybe work with indie companies in a different way and that's how we'll kind of just pluck our talent instead of trying to run our own shows in all these areas. So I think that's probably going to be their plan moving forward. Cause I still, I think they're still working with progress in some capacity so they can, they can utilize them as basically their NXT UK right now. Um, I think that's the way it's going to go. So was it weird? Yes. Do I think it's that big of a deal? No, not really because I don't think NXT UK is going to be around for too much longer. Which is very, you know, I think that's all very, very likely as well. I, I agree with with that too, you know. And I know like their their taping schedule, like you said, they've had some cancellations. And even the last set of tapings they did, they brought a lot of like the U.S. 
um, like NXT talent over to the UK for those. So like, like Jensen and uh, Briggs or I think they're still the NXT UK tag champions as of right now um, and stuff like that. Like Ivy Nile was getting some looks on that show. And um, so I, I, I'm with you. Like most likely we're probably just kind of seeing the end of NXT UK. Maybe they, they unify Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker's titles. Maybe that's where like they're heading with, with that and the brand kind of like dissolves or, or becomes like absorbed into the company. Anyway, the, the, my, my, but I wanted to bring this up on the show today because once again, I cover NXT UK. I, I talk about it every single weekend. And I was actually like really looking forward to like, because my prediction was that Tyler Bate would win this tournament, but there was also like some doubt where I was like, you know what? There might be a good story in Trent Seven winning this thing. And then like Tyler Bate eventually beating him for the title a few months from now. So I, I, was, I was actually like really invested in the tournament, if I'm being honest. So like now it's just been totally spoiled for me. And I was like, damn, that was just for people who actually were it's it's kind of a middle finger to people that are actually like loyal to watching NXT UK. There's it's not just a lot, you. It's right, just you say, who is loyal this, to watching NXT UK. There's, there's not a lot of us out there. That's fair. But like for the people who have been loyal and watch the show every week, even when people say it's a waste of time, it's like, well, it kind of is because like now. I know the result of the next like month of TV. So um, you you are the loyal NXT UK viewer, especially here in America. Nobody else in America watches this show. Only Steven Jensen. Keep NXT UK alive for Steven Jensen. They'll have progress shows streaming soon enough on, on WWE Network. Peacock. Peacock sucks, by the way. I tried using it last night to watch some old WWE. Just horrible to, to go through. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about some good wrestling Steven Jensen. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Tyrus is main eventing NWA 74. <laughs> That's some good wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so real quick. So you said Tyrus is main eventing NWA 74, which is true. He's wrestling Trevor Murdoch for the World's Heavyweight Championship. I thought this show was this weekend, by the way. I did not realize we are still a week away from this show. So maybe it changes, but I would like to talk about this before it does change. Because Billy Corgan did an interview with Sean Ross Sapp and is like, can you separate the performer from the person? And it's like, yeah, in some instances, but when both of them absolutely suck, it's kind of difficult to separate them. Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different if you're like a super high level. I mean, we've even seen it. I'm not going to name names, but like there have been people that have had like questionable views on certain stuff or even controversial or whatever like i'm not here to like make political statements or anything like that or like why people may or may not like tyrus outside of wrestling and all that stuff but but all literally all of that aside if you're looking at it strictly as him as just an in-ring performer he's probably the worst performer in the nwa and he's the fucking worst performer in wrestling i i get it but i'm just saying like he's the tv champion He's had interest in the tag titles. He's going for the world title. And he's like immobile. Like it's it's very strange. And I get it. Like Corgan, I, we've talked about it before. He wants that title on Fox News and all this stuff. I I get it. There's exposure there. But I like, I don't. I don't get it. Well, and I don't think that it translates into viewership. Like, because clearly people aren't watching the show. So like, it isn't like, what are you even getting out of the promotion? Really? I mean, some Okay, so some people who are who are into you know Republican politics or whatever who follow uh, Fox, so they know who Tyrus is. But are any of them even like paying for an NWA pay per view? Probably not. Absolutely you know. Not. 
So absolutely not. Um, now I did ask you to to watch the finish of yes. so of Trevor Murdoch versus the Pope from this past Wednesday because that was almost this, that was almost my spotlight this week was this finish and I'm glad we we have a reason to talk about it. This so. this whole show isn't very good. It is a thing like there's I used to watch it and review it in a jokey manner as like a bit and then the show just got so bad it's like I'm not putting myself through this hour of television every single week just for a, a, a bit that's just making me mad. So I'm not doing that anymore. So I stopped doing that. But I did go, I, I did watch this. And the, the finish was Pope got ran into the ring post and then Murdoch couldn't pile drive him or didn't want to pile drive him. And then Murdoch just stood over him as the ref counted to 20. I don't know if Murdoch is a baby face or a heel right now because that was a dickish move and it yeah. seems very heelish but he's about to defend the title against tyrus who's definitely a heel you ain't making tyrus your top baby face it is just it's absolutely awful like it's just awful television it's an awful product billy corgan is like we don't have the talent for empower there's not enough free agent talent out there and like maybe that's true but instead you're running two nights of a pay-per-view event and night two which is you know, your cap night is headlined by Tyrus against Trevor Murdoch. So don't tell me there's not enough female talent out there to run in power when instead you're going to run two nights of shit and you're headlining with Murdoch. And then you've got all these other matches where it's guys who a lot of people haven't heard of. You're having to pull Bully Ray in for, for some type of match. You know, Tom Lattimore is getting singles met. Like, don't don't tell me there's not enough female free agent talent to not to do empower, to not do empower. And then you're giving me two nights of this bullshit. Like this should only be a one night show and you don't have to do empowered. That's fine. I understand it did not do well on fight TV. Maybe it was a money loser for them. I get that. I understand the reasons for not doing it. Don't give me the reason being not enough talent when you're trying to put on two nights with not enough talent. Steve, just that you could walk into the NWA right now and you would be a better wrestler than Tyrus. You would be a better choice to hold that title than, than Tyrus. I don't know if you've taken a bump in your career. I don't know if you've ever run the ropes, but you can probably run across the ropes without collapsing and, and dying. And that's uh, what I'm afraid will happen to Tyrus. I, I didn't know what he it, It's bad. He's horrible. He's awful. I'll, I'll tell awful you what. Product. I know at the very least I can throw a heart punch. I know at the very least I can do that. Um, but uh, no, I mean, here's the thing with like the whole NWA power thing. I... I agree with you 100% with what you're saying. Um, there's absolutely enough female talent out there to do a show. Um, I just wish she'd be honest about the reason they're not doing the show. It isn't because there's a lack of talent. It's because nobody bought the show. Yeah. And and that's also on wrestling fans. I'm going to be honest. A lot of the wrestling fans out there need to put their money where their mouth is. It isn't just for like all women's pay-per-views because they, they haven't been drawn. It's just the truth. But it isn't just that. It's the action figures and a lot of stuff that goes along with it. Like people beg for certain women to get certain action figures. And I see them warming the pegs at Walmart and target for months, like just no one buys them. And I'm just like, if you want to support this and you keep saying you're going to support it, you have to actually put your money where your mouth is. Like if you are begging for an all women's pay-per-view, you got to actually buy it when it comes on. And, and like, and I think that that's something that wrestling fans need to understand. Like you can, you can beg and, and complain and want things all you want. But when you finally get them, you got to put your money where your mouth is and show the companies that you're going to actually support this stuff once you get your way. And and that's my point with like the Empower show. I think 100% just just it just didn't 
you said it was probably a money loser. It was absolutely a money loser. I don't, I don't, I don't know that for a 100% fact. I don't have the numbers, but I cannot imagine that made any money. There's plenty of talent out there. They can absolutely put on an all women show, but the fans need to buy it. Now, with is, is anybody, oh, is anybody going to buy NWA 74 night one? I just oh no, no, I agree. It's it's a problem with the whole company. I'm not saying it's this is this show is $25. Who is spending $25 yeah. on night one of NWA 75 74? Give me your $25 instead if you want to buy this show. I'll do something for three hours. I'll do a three-hour stream of me playing video games. It'll be more entertaining <laughs> than this stupid fucking show. But would you agree buy that NWA 74? We got an interview that... with Billy Corgan. <laughs> but would you agree that I mean this is just a this is just a like guess, but would you agree? Don't don't you think though that like less people would purchase Empower than would purchase NWA seventy four? Like if you had to choose one of the two, I'd I'd purchase Empower. Like th- this lineup would isn't. You? I mean, they're headlining with with uh, Camille against I, I forget which isn't isn't good. Like I don't I don't know. Let me look at this lineup. Hold on, because there's going to be women's matches on NWA seventy four. That's what I think. Camille against, kind of yeah, not Camille yeah, against Taya. Taya is, is the main event, and then the Burke Invitational is uh also part of it so another women's match the rest of this show like bully ray against mike knox in a tables match homicide against carrie morton i like homicide carrie morton's fine yeah matt cardona makes his return but you could put all of this on the second night because if you like ec3 is wrestling i guess in the world of billy corgan all these guys are like draws and stuff but you can put a lot of this stuff on the second night because the second night you you have things like let me you have this United States tag team title tournament. They apparently have 18 teams that that they've wrecked up, but they don't have enough women's talent out there. You needed an MLW match. You have Mercuro against Magic Jake Dumas. I don't know who these people right. are. Sorry to them. Sure. Like again, a Tom Lattimore match, Colby Carino and Caprice Coleman. Like you could combine some of this stuff. It doesn't need to be a two night event. And again, right. the headlining right match is sure. Trevor Murdoch versus Tyrus. Yeah, no, you're right. You're you're totally right. When you break it down like that, you're totally right. Honestly, I didn't I didn't realize how weak the overall card was, especially with it being a two night show. I have to keep that in mind too. They could have easily they could have easily done an, an all women show one night and then done like an all men show the second night. They could have easily done that and it would have made it would have made sense. Yeah, I think and you're it's right. Good. And it's goodwill, like, at the end of the day. Like, I understand it's probably a money loser. It doesn't seem like people are buying it. I don't think anybody's buying this show anyway. But it's a, at least goodwill with wrestling fans. are like, oh, cool, we're doing Empower again. Like, this is nice. This is great. I, I guess if it's losing too much money, you don't want to just keep throwing money into a pit because that, that definitely gets you in trouble. I just can't imagine anybody buying NWA 74 night one. And I just showcase women talent. Like, you don't have to use people from... AEW and stuff if that costs much money even though apparently tony khan was paying them to showcase other women's talent i know we got to move on sorry well we got we got we got a great women's talent to talk about yes for we do this other side yeah we do mia yim against jordan grace uh from the impact emergence show for the for the impact knockouts championship mia yim has been fantastic in impact absolutely fantastic this was no exception here against jordan grace I would have been fine if they, they switched the title to Mia here. I know, but I think she's finishing up in October. Whether or not she resigns remains to be seen. So I get it. But she has been such a standout and impact. And good for her after the way she was used in WWE run with the nonsense, with the retribution. Uh, and Jordan Grace continues to be excellent. 
Yeah, I, I love this match. Um, if you want to check out the Emergence Post Show, uh, myself and Denise Salcedo did it. Um, Jeremy Jeremy here and uh, Sean Rossap had some run-ins. They went a little off the rails for a while, but um, hey, the viewership went up while we were doing that. So it is what it is. But like, um, but I honestly, and I get like, listen, Josh Alexander versus Alex Shelley was fantastic, right? Like that, that main event ruled. But like me personally, this is just me personally. My favorite match of the night was Jordan Grace versus Mia Yim, just because I thought it was like it was a it was a good length of time. Like it wasn't too long, it wasn't too short. It was all action from start to finish. And here's the thing: these women lay it in. Like yeah. when you see them hitting each other, like it's crisp and like you know, and and a lot of that, you know, it's just one of those things. They they just they just move at kind of just a different level than I see a lot of other wrestlers. And and I I think you're totally right about Mia Yim and Impact. Uh, you know, I think she's been fantastic as well. I I have a whole new respect for Mia Yim. I liked her pre WWE, but I didn't know a ton about her. As I think her name was Jade in Impact before that. Yeah. And then um, but then like the WWE that was basically just a wash. I mean that was just that was what it was with Retribution and, and or whatever. But like the uh this was this is like this Mia Yim that I saw against Jordan Grace, she could be the knockout champion, she could be the AEW world women's champion at some point. Hell, hell, these two women could be the, the impact world champion, like the main title. Like we've seen Tessa hold that title. There's no reason why Jordan or Mia couldn't, in my opinion, with the, the same level of talent. Um, so I thought their match was fantastic. I'm totally fine with Jordan retaining. You know, people who listen to my stuff know that I'm a I'm a long time massive fan of jordan grace um so i'm i'm always good with her being the champion and i thought this was mia yim's best matchup i've seen her have and that's not a dig that's just literally like this was really 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 good stuff i really enjoyed it and then after the match after jordan retains um masha slamovich comes out and so we know it's going to be masha slamovich who's undefeated in impact versus jordan grace and i'm a huge masha fan because i've been watching her for years on the indies and another thing with Masha and Jordan that gets overlooked by some newer fans or people who may not pay attention to the indie so much is they wrestle men probably more often than they wrestle women. So it's one of those things where it's like they're so diverse in what they can do because you could legitimately have Masha Slamovich or Jordan Grace wrestling for the knockouts title. You can have them wrestle for the X division title. You can have them wrestle for the world title. Like they can do anything in that company against anyone of any gender. And that's a huge, huge, huge asset to have if you're someone like Jordan Grace or someone like Masha Slamovich. So um, I think the sky is the limit for both of these women, including Mia Yim. All three of them, I think, are awesome. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to Slamovich versus Jordan Grace. I think that match is going to totally rule. It's going to put Masha on a different level in a lot of fans' eyes who aren't as familiar with her. And I think she's a real threat to Jordan's title. I don't know if she's going to defeat her for the title or not, but I like that there's the the doubt there where like I feel like it could go either way and it's going to be a badass match. If you want good women's wrestling, watch Impact. You know, since yeah. NWA says there's not enough talent to do there. Yes, Jordan, Jordan Grace, go out of your way to watch Jordan Grace against Mia Yim from Impact Emergence. Like like Jensen said, uh, it was his favorite match on the show and, and I don't blame him because it, it absolutely ruled. It's a nice 13 minutes. You, you know, I love my matches that are like 18 minutes or less. Love those matches. So yeah, go, go watch uh, Jordan Grace against Mia Yim. And I hope, I, I actually think Mia Yim might be headed back to, to the Fed after, you know, Triple H is back in power now and everything. And he clearly liked her. Uh, so good on her. If, if that's the case, if she sticks around an impact, I, I, I 
get the title on her as, as soon as possible because she is fantastic. Um, let's, let's go to the indies, Steven Jensen. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. We are going to give a big motherfucking shout out to Nick Gage, who is putting his career on the line against John Moxley after Moxley defeated Effie uh, at Homecoming Part 1. Nick Gage came out and was like, all right, let's fucking do this again. Career versus title. We haven't seen a lot of Nick Gage in GCW. Been a lot of comments about whether or not he's going to be sticking around for the long haul and everything. And you've said it on this show, and I agree with you. What we have seen of Nick Gage this year hasn't been that great. Uh, But now we'll see how he does in his return. He's getting John Moxley. Their first match was very good. I mean, it was good. The the finish a little flat and everything. Uh, But now they've had some time and everything. We'll see. I think even Gage said, like, eh, didn't feel great about it. Um, they're going to do it again. Career versus title. What are you thinking here, Jensen? So I love that Gage is back. He looks like he's in way better shape mentally and physically right now, which is great to see. Um, he's always going to be, like, the heart of Game Changer Wrestling. Like, no matter what happens. Like, when you think of GCW, the first person you're – I think everyone's always going to think of is, is Nick Gage. Um, I – it's great to see him back. It's great to see him in the shape that he's in. Um, I think the rematch makes all the sense in the world that they would want to do Mox and Gage again. But this is just me personally. I don't think that that Gage should win. I'm not saying he should necessarily retire either. Like, I don't know. But like, the thing is, I, I think it's very likely Gage will win. He'll win the title. He'll get the big redemption story from Mox. But the problem with that is that gage just doesn't wrestle often anymore and i don't think he's going to wrestle a whole lot going forward and when you're the gcw champion it's tough when you're not at these shows moxley it's a little different because of who he is and all the eyes he brings in when he's in gcw so like it makes a ton of sense why he would be the gcw champion even though he's not at every show but like i've lived already through years of nick gage as the gcw champion awesome years incredible years as and even his 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 chase to get the title back from RSP and stuff. Incredible stuff. That were that were stories that lasted years and years, you know, and it was incredible. But now I feel like they're in a position where whoever beats Mox for this GCW championship should be a homegrown GCW wrestler like a Jordan Oliver. Like it should be somebody who can really get that rub from because like Gage is already the god of GCW. Like he can't, there's no rub he can get that's gonna make him any bigger than he already is. It'd be a huge feather in his cap to beat John Moxley for like his career resume, but like Nick Gage is already on a level that he can't get any bigger than in the company, in my opinion. So like I'd I'd prefer to see John Moxley defeat Nick Gage and then eventually. Like I said, I, I mentioned Jordan Oliver a lot because I think he's been the best positioned lately to potentially be that guy. But um, but yeah, I, I but it was badass seeing Moss engage face to face again, and um, and I'm definitely, I mean, I'll absolutely be watching, and I'll I'll be at GCW this Saturday. It's in Atlanta, so um, it's on. I'm I'm gonna try to work it out to where because I want to watch the UFC pay per view also. And there's gonna be some overlap there, but I'm gonna to get to GCW. I'm gonna watch most of the show, and then I'm gonna to try to find a way to to watch like the the, the last few big UFC fights if, if I've still got time. But um, but yeah, how do you feel about Mox versus Gage, you know, career versus title? I could see Gage winning, and then so that way his career is salvaged, and then basically just going back to Cardona because the next night Gage yeah. comes out, ruins the Cardona wedding, cuts up Cardona. And everything so i could see them kind of trying to recapture 
that little bit. Cause I don't know if Gage is like ready to call it a career, but I do think like whenever he is ready to call it a career, he's just going to do one and he's going to be done. He's not going to like keep coming back, keep coming back. I, I could be wrong on that. He, he might be the Terry Funk bread and he's just like, oh, I'll just keep fucking doing return matches and everything. So I could see Gage winning and then, yeah, them going back to Cardona with that. Or he just doesn't have a long run, but you get the belt off of Moxley because his AEW commitments are, are there. And then you can, whoever beats Gage still looks like a pretty big deal. Um, I agree with you, though, that I feel like it'd be better served to have a, a guy who maybe isn't as made as Nick Gage defeating John Moxley to take the title. I, I am in agreement with that but i i kind of think nick gage is gonna win uh this match yeah yeah i i can see i can see both scenarios i don't think gage is done yet that's why i'm leaning towards i think he will win but i just think yeah. it would be smart because here's the thing like eventually someone will get that rub by beating nick gage for the title like whether it's jordan or someone else like so i mean you're, you're there's still gonna be a big moment but i just feel like mainstream level wise because of how how big of a deal moxley is and like the grand scheme of all of wrestling like just you have an opportunity to really make somebody a lot bigger. Like like a lot of non GCW fans, non indie fans, they would hear about Jordan Oliver be John Moxley. Like who's Jordan Oliver? Like you know what I mean? Like if, if it's Nick Gage, it's like oh okay yeah Nick Gage was lost the GCW time. I know about Nick Gage. I, I, it's just it's just a different. I think it puts you on a different level if you beat John Moxley right now, especially just considering Moxley's status in the overall scheme of of the wrestling world right now. Um, I do think real quickly, because I know you have to run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think that like Moxley has a little bit of a say in it. And maybe there is a thing of like, yeah, I'm only going to lose to like Nick Gage. Like this is the right. guy I want to put over in, in this case. Uh, my, my indie spotlight was Billy Starks against Maki Ito from JCW after hours two. That's up on YouTube. That's free. Everyone can go watch that. Maki Ito's back in America working some tours. Apparently she was on AEW last night. So, so she'll be on AEW television again soon. I think she did an elevation match. Uh, Billy Starks. I mean, she, we've talked about her plenty on this show, but she is like, she's one of the top female performers. Could have used her for Empower. Uh, she's for she's sure. one of the, the top female performers on the independent scene right now. And I really enjoyed this match. And again, it's free on YouTube for anybody that wants to go check out that entire show, but specifically this match. Yeah, I agree. Shout out to Billy Starks and Maki Ito. Um, uh, Billy, I've said for a long time, it is wild to say that because she's still only like 17, but I've been watching her <laughs> wrestle since she was like 14 or 15, which is just crazy. And her dad, Robert Bellamy, Malice, the guy we've talked about here with Cole Radrick before, um, great dude who's uh, you know, right there by her side, by Billy's side while she's doing all this. And um, she, she's recently started using a new finishing move, which has been cool. She, she had been doing the Swanton for a long time, and now she's been doing the Assault Driver, which is adding kind of some levels to, uh, to her game. Great. It does. It looks brutal. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's kind of like a one-winged angel, just like with both legs instead of the one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's – uh, yeah, so, yeah, I wish I could sit here and talk more about Billy, but I got to – I got to bounce. There's no creator spotlight this week though. So I guess you're not going to be on here without me afterwards, but um, are you going to stick around after I'm gone? I'm right going to wrap or? it up right now. Oh, okay. I'm going to let you All plug right. everything and then I'm going to plug everything. All right. I'm going to plug everything and bounce off. Cause I do have to clock in for work, but um, yes. Uh, uh, Fightful select weekend or podcasts every Sunday. I'll be at GCW this weekend in Atlanta. I should be linking up with Cassidy Haynes. Finally. I think oh, he's going to be there. So that will be fun. Oh, I'll be linking up boy. with, Jumping Johnny Mosley, shout out to Mose. He's doing commentary nice. on the GCW show. Um, so I get to see some buddies, which is going to be cool. Um, and uh, and yeah, you can check out my show with Doug Live Round. That's every Tuesday night at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. 
And uh, yeah, hit the like button, subscribe, all that stuff here at Fightful. Um, everything I got going on, just check out on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. There you go. Appreciate See you, it, Jeremy. as always. Steven Jensen, enjoy the shoot job. Uh, there's my, my split screened face right there. All right. As Steven Jensen mentioned, uh, no creator spotlight this week. We, we had some scheduling conflicts and whatnot. It happens, right? Uh, we'll get somebody on next week. We'll, we'll talk to somebody. We got a couple things in the works. I am, I'm legitimately trying to get Quincy Elliott, uh, trying to see what happens there. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, so no creator spotlight. And yeah, next week we'll be back with the creator spotlight. Let's see. What can I plug here? Fight flow Dot-com. Everyone can go over there. Part four of the series just dropped a deep dive into CM Punk's match against MJF. Like really breaking that thing down. I, I said it last week on this show, but you can see the brilliance of like CM Punk and, and him as a worker in the ring. And I, I just got a new appreciation for Punk while, while doing this series. Uh, so, so check that out. It's very niche stuff, but hopefully some, some people enjoy it uh tim and joel are previewing um what are they previewing on fight flow overbooked it's it's at it'll drop today at two o'clock uh they have a, a preview for a independent show that i know eddie kingston is part of greek town wrestling uh preview again eddie kingston is part of that show so they'll be previewing that that's at two o'clock today on fight flow overbooked um death to dynamite is now on the main channel will washington got called up he's no longer at fightful 2.0 he is uh, he's on the main channel where he deserves to be. He is, he, he's great. So he'll be doing Dynamite today on YouTube.com slash Fightful, this channel right here. Everyone can check out Will Washington on Day After Dynamite. Uh, a bunch of stuff on Fightful Overbook. Go over there. Go to Fightful.com. Subscribe to Fightful Select. You can follow me on Twitter if you would like. I own Fightful according to Twitter. That is it. We'll be back next Thursday. I will be around to talk about my live experience at AEW Dynamite next week i'll give you all my thoughts on john moxley and cm punk and anything else that happens at dynamite thanks for thanks for joining us everybody we appreciate it appreciate the love appreciate the support bye everyone everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.